Greetings, friends! Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my hipster school teacher and avid book reader and co-host, Alex Dandino. <laughs> All right, guys, before we uh, dive in to our final movie of our 31 days straight horror marathon. I can't believe we made it. Holy shit. Uh, before we go, we wanted to start off and say thank you guys so much. We know it was an onslaught of episodes. Um, for all of you who reached out and said that you did all of it with us, we are so incredibly grateful to you. You guys are um, wonderful. You really are, man. It's it's absolutely incredible. Thank you. This has been an amazing month for the show. Yeah. Also, we would like to ask a favor because we greedy like that. We greedy like that. If you could take a second right now, right now, right now join us leave us a rating and review wherever you find the pod uh especially if that happens to be apple podcast app uh that helps us out enormously to continue to grow the show find new people we've seen some of you doing that thank you so much you can subscribe to our youtube channel nerd alchemist uh over there on the youtube as i said before uh, well, you can find audio or video versions of this pod. We have some new cool stuff coming out. Uh, we're all, we're coming up with ideas. We're going to hopefully have a lot of fun stuff in the year to come. Yeah. So go subscribe over there. You can email the show filmalchemistpod at gmail.com or hit us up on every social media account you're on. Uh, share the show. Let your friends know what we're up to. It's also a good way for you guys to tell us what movies you'd like to see covered uh, next month. The month of Thanksgiving, the pod's bringing the beef. We're doing all muscly guy movies, macho butch stuff uh, galore, so stay tuned for that. And as you know, every December, we stuff your stockings. Um, we have had, we are starting to get requests piling up. We are making our list and checking it twice, so make sure you get in. We pick our favorites and rank them and try to do as many as we can. Uh, definitely not as many as we've done this month, so make sure you get in early with really good suggestions. Or just anything you want to hear. Uh, we like to try to do all that for you guys. All right. Without further ado, Evil Dead. Uh, to me, it is the bar by which all other horror movie remakes must be measured. And I guess I have to qualify that because I guess you could say the fly in the thing. Um, but I'm talking about like the classic uh, deluge, the golden era, the 80s of all the awesome horror movies. They were getting remakes in the 2000s. Of that group specifically, to me, I would find it a difficult challenge to say that any of those remakes accomplish as much as The Evil Dead. Um, it is tonally so vastly different than the original series. But it is truly one of the most awesome horror movie experiences I ever had in a theater. I left dancing my way out like a happy little schoolboy, um, which is a weird reaction to this movie, perhaps. But I absolutely adored it and i think one of the best things they did is they they just decided we're not going to out ramey ramey and they really went and found a way to make it their own and unique and distinct which has become the hallmark of the evil dead each movie kind of has its own special flavor and this is no different alex you were actually not even going to do this one because you are not a gore person no <laughs> so not. this is probably as about as gory of a movie as you've ever seen. What was your original thoughts? What was your, your opening salvo here? I mean, I purposely avoided this movie when it came in the theaters. Cause <laughs> I look, I love the evil dead movies, but I knew I'm like, man in the theater. I think that's just going to be too hardcore for me. As soon as I yeah. saw, uh, Jane Levy 
lick a razor blade and slice her tongue in half. I'm like, nah, I don't think I'm yeah. going to do this. Like I watch the art, the I watch, I usually watch the red band trailers for these kinds of things. And I'm like, let's see how hard it goes. I'm like, Nope. Old Dan Dino's a big puss and he's not going to hang out for that. So, <laughs> um, then we, let's see, we did the, we did evil dead Two and army of darkness. And we were talking about, it, and we were leading up to it. And we talked about sort of what we were going to do, uh, to finish the month off and everything. We turned off our Skype call as we normally do. And then I just sat down and watched it. And I didn't tell you because I was like, if, you know, if I can't get through it, I'm not going to do the show. Like, but so <laughs> I, uh, I just sat down and watched it. And then two days afterwards, I texted you and said, yeah, I watched Evil Dead. And I think you thought I, I was, was kidding. Very at impressed. First. I was very impressed. I got to say. And I know there are people who are avid horror movie fans are like, oh, come on, come on. If you are trying to honestly tell me that this is not an extremely graphic and disgusting display of gore and carnage, come on. Be yeah. honest with yourself be honest and be with honest yourself. with like, the people here. This um, is this is not a movie for the faint of heart. This is bar none the most violent movie I've ever watched. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's... <laughs> I mean, and, and I mean violent. Like, look, there's, like, movie violence, like, Next month, we're talking about uh, all beefcake movies, and those movies are all extremely violent, too. But they're action violence. Horror violence is so different and so far beyond anything that I think you're used to seeing in movies. And I'm not just talking about Hellraiser. I'm talking about just in general the slasher genre, all these kinds of movies that are – all these kind of movies that sort of depend on the shock value of gore, of viscera, and so on and so forth. To me, though – the thing that makes Evil Dead, and I, I'm going to qualify everything. I really liked this movie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I actually thought it was awesome. But I think, and that's the important thing about having new experiences and watching movies like this, is that you have to be able to appreciate this level of detail and this level of extreme that this movie's going to go to. And I think Fetty Alvarez is a fantastic director. Like this movie has style on its own. It does enough to honor Sam Raimi and then like say, cool. Did we do enough? Great. Next thing. Let's just make our own movie now. And I think that's mm-hmm. honestly the best part about it is that I feel, I feel the Raimi-ness, but only because literally it's like a parent standing over a child, watching them draw and being like, oh, it looks fine. You know, I don't give a shit what you do. Like, it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's, to me, it's it put the evil back in Evil Dead, right? Yes. This one is there. It's so much more menacing, right? By the end of Army of Darkness, where we're just doing comedy, we're doing, and bits. it's great, and it's I fun. love that for yeah. it, right? But this one brought it back, and and I think it would be a fool's errand to try to. I mean, it has a couple cutaways, right? Like when he's building his MacGyver heart device, like that's a very Sam Raimi cut, yeah. right? Sure, it has the little looking glass necklace. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is there, right? These kind of classic moments and shots. But it really hones back in on this evil. And the thing to me that separates this movie and makes it a fascinating movie in its own accord is this is the movie that it said, what if you had had an Evil Dead movie with actual human being characters in it? Yes. I, that's a great and way that, to that, to me, it, it makes the the violence and the carnage so much more intimate and disturbing, right? Yeah. I think and the setup. And they don't they don't like drown you in it. It's not yeah. over like people aren't just doing soliloquies. Maybe a little bit the sister, right? Like our, our leading lady. I mean like a couple moments. But it's it's really well paced out and right. given. And it, it makes once things start happening, 
it just feels very impactful because again it's the first evil dead movie where you're kind of dealing with actual human beings it feels like i mean I'll give you this. If anyone deserves soliloquies in this film, it's certainly Jane Levy because, man, she get put, she, she gets through put through it. the fucking ringer in this one. She has to do, like, yes. all the horrible things. Not just one <laughs> or two. All the horrible things. Like, yeah. I can only imagine, like, the woman who played um, – I can never remember the woman's uh, – in, fir- in the original Evil Dead, that woman who plays the first possessed girl in the house, she's like, God, she got off so easy. Like literally yeah, the entire right. time I was watching the movie, I'm like, everyone in that movie got off so fucking easy. <laughs> like, oh poor you, you got stabbed in your ankle. Oh no, that's so good. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that is like the thing I think I liked the most is the framework of this is not just like, hey, five teenagers are gonna go in the woods and maybe fuck, I don't know. But either way, like this was literally I I, I liked the frame is so properly sad and somber too, like. Mm-hmm. The whole bit about her going out to literally dry out from heroin is horrifying in and of itself. I mean, like, I've had friends who have had to get over a drug addiction before, and watching it is really brutal. And yeah, those people are heroes in their own right, but those people are also going through something that I don't think, unless you've done it, you can possibly fathom. And so no, no, for this whole true. thing to start that way the evilness of it and the sadness that comes is almost warranted and very well informed. Like nothing about what happens is like inconveniently like everything that happens. You're like, that is fucking horrible. These poor people are already going through so much. And it's all because that fucking nosy asshole with the book. I swear to God. Yeah. Pisses me off so much. We'll we'll get to the hipster guy in a minute, but let's just put it this way. Right. He is obnoxious and horrible to say the least yes. but he takes more damage than almost the entire rest <laughs> of the evil dead cast combined in the first three this guy has essentially every single wound you could have it's which is awesome but i think again in the the similarities in the parallel journey of someone going through drug addiction with someone who has crossed this supernatural force and feels their body possessed by an outside outside attacking entity is a perfect parallel. Right. And it also sets up this extra scary layer of this film, which is she's telling them what's happening, right? So after she sees her ghostly self twice, wrecks the car, her mud self follows, she sees herself, drew, mm-hmm. that tree scene is so fucking brutal. We'll get to that. So all of that happens. But by the time she comes back, she is untrustworthy in their eyes, right? I think right. they even say, like, she's going to try to do everything she can to get out of here. Right. And we as the audience are sitting there watching and saying, she needs to get the right. fuck out of here. But because of her past mistakes, they're right. coming back and haunting her the same way these these spirits are. And, yeah. and it, again, that's just one of those extra layers of brutality this movie makes you sit in. Yeah, I think that's the really that's the cleverness of the frame at the beginning of the movie is you're putting someone in a position who has and again i know people who have i know people who i was one of my very dearest friends have been addicts and like they all lie like it's just part of the thing like it's part of recovery it's part of going through that process they all lie so like your ability to trust them is always sort of like this like kind of cockeyed thing and like Mm -hmm. there's people who have been so important in my life who have had to sort of like i don't trust what you're saying right now and i can't and i know i won't and i think that's the kind of 
that's the true terror in this movie. And I think that's the thing that makes the brutality of the film that much worse and that much more digestible. Cause I'll be honest when you watch the trailer and again, I'm not a gore guy. So when I watch the trailer, I'm like, Oh my God, this just looks so intense. I do not think I can sit through this movie, but it's interesting because like the story itself pulls back a little bit so that that gore and the viscera and the brutality of the violence in this movie is almost less intense in a way because all of this could have been avoided in the event of just like believing someone and trusting someone and trusting that what they're going through is so bad they can't be there. And I think that's like the true terror is that not being trustworthy might be the most terrifying thing about the evil dead in this movie. You can't trust this person, yeah. not just because like now they're inhabited by an evil entity, but more to the point, like, did you trust them to begin with? That is yeah. even worse. And that's probably the worst thing that happens to Mia is Jane Levy's character. This thing, the worst mm-hmm. thing that happens to Mia is she starts the movie untrustworthy and it just kind of like it's sort of this like sad puppy thing they spend the yeah. like they spend the beginning being, like everyone wants to help and in the beginning of the movie everybody wants to help that's why they're going there but like that is the true sadness is that no one will believe her right well also they set the entire frame with every relationship we see is pretty strained right yes the only character you're like, Jesus Christ, is the guy, the girl who's just there on like, it feels like they've been dating for like a very brief amount of time. And this yeah. guy just says, hey, do you want to come with me to my sister's fucking detox? <laughs> she yes. comes and then she must every second be like, for within about an hour of being there, she's probably like, yeah, this is over. I'm breaking up with this guy yeah. for sure. By the way, and great, great group date. Suffers. Great group date. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be really brutal, babe. I might need some WAP if you could just come and, like, you know, deal with my entire family history cesspool. That'd be great. It's it's unbearable. Yes. And it makes the leading man who's kind of this, oh, he's got a dog. He's a handyman. He's trying. It makes you hate him pretty fast in yeah, the movie. You're totally. like, this fucking asshole. Like you fucking, this but, fucking guy. But even then, right, they, they set up. They're, they're just all these little tiny beats. They give us a lot of backstory and give us some extra, you know, subtext. Uh, about how Mia stayed with her mom and had to watch her disintegrate. Right. And how hard that was, right? And that might have been part of the addiction. And he never came back and he ran away. So even when the people there, she also doesn't feel beholden to try to get better for them. Right. And every relationship is so fucking strange. If this movie has, there are a couple things in this movie I'd say if I took like umbrage, right? And said, didn't necessarily work for me. There was a really brief part where I was like, just throw me a fucking lifeline. Like, <laughs> literally throw me anything that isn't just appalling and depressing. I mean, it yep. is, yep. again, that Evil Dead is not necessarily the series for that. And it really just makes you fucking sit in this nightmare, right? And then right. once they killed Grandpa, you're like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> you're like, even Grandpa! You're like, oh, And it, it is brutality to sit through but i think again that's to your point that's part of this process that's part you can't really do the i'm trying to save you from dying again right Right. and then have you know like a dancing lampshade like that is tonally wasn't gonna work for this movie and if you ask me because a lot of the people it's just like it's too too dark and too somber it doesn't you know have any fun or whatever i i think you have three movies of that that are wildly fun. Yeah. 
and entertaining horror. This goes its own route, which that's what you should do when you're that's, adding to someone else's. Yeah, that's what a remake is. I've always thought this, like, and this is the thing that is most disappointing. And like, it's why I don't have a problem with a lot of like, it's why I don't have as much of an issue like with the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which I think might be a little bit of a controversial opinion, which is that I actually don't have a problem with a lot of the things that they decide to do in that movie regarding Freddy. Like, mm-hmm. again, it goes the same direction that this Evil Dead version goes, which is it's just going to take you to another place because it's not about, like, the hijinks of old Mickey Mouse yeah. back there just cutting kids up. It's about, like, the yeah. brutality. Like, <laughs> but this is the same thing. Like, it's not about, oh, these plucky kids just they had, had no idea what they were doing. They turned on the radio, and here it is, you know? I mean, this movie starts... Like, that's, by the way, the frame device, this movie starts harder than any movie we've watched this month, by the way, where yeah, literally a father scene is one of my absolute favorite cold opens in a horror oh movie. My God. It is. It's amazing. It's amazing. It gives you also the perfect like it's the, also, by the way, the thing we've always wanted watching the Evil Dead movies. We always are like, who just leaves this fucking vi- who just leaves this fucking tape recorder here with, hey, have these crazy incantations? No. This guy's like, well, I got to get out of here. The, the opening scene ends with you're like, so where did all these hill jacks go? Right. Right. I mean, they took time to put the, the Necrocomicon in a trash bag and barbed wire. I'm like, you didn't think to like that old lady seemed like she was pretty fluent <laughs> in whatever the fuck was happening in the skin tome. Right. Maybe roll that shit with you to your your village or wherever they're fucking from. That is one thing I was like, I was kind of hoping they would come back at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, But it. God, it's just it's tough, man, because that scene with the father and daughter again, that's another one of those classic evil dead things, right? Like I'm going to revert back to who I was, who you love. Right. And talk to you, because at the start, you're like, oh, my God, they're going to just savagely murder this girl. We see her getting chased through the woods. Right. And when they tie her up and you start looking around, you're like, man, that, you know, old lady who looks like the bartender from Cheers is just reading the blood book and like <laughs> murdering cats and shit. You're like, all right, this is horrific. Is that a Ray Perlman joke? Wow. Nice. Yeah. And then she starts uh, all of a sudden a just, you know, <laughs> it, it took us this long, but we got there. The rest of the Cheers cast were coming for you. Um, so we just come and uh, all of a sudden she's just, dad, what are you, dad, dad. And we watched the dad trying not to break, mm-hmm. pour gasoline on her light her ass on fire, and then she starts, you know, I'll tear your soul apart right oh, before that, she ignites. That reads so great. Oh, my God. But that's what I'm saying, right? So this is a classic Evil Dead setup, but yeah. they add that little extra layer of this, you know, imagine being a father and this child that you've raised and always loved is talking to you and pleading, please protect me. Do the one thing you're supposed to do. And you are just convinced that they're a monster. And you have no real evidence of that before you light the match. I'm assuming, because they did say that she killed her mom. Um, You know, maybe they witnessed that. But if they didn't, you know, he could be in a situation where he's like, fuck, I'm, like, done. My family's gone after this. And that that's what this movie does really well at most turns for me, is it, it adds those extra emotional bonds that just add an extra depth to the, the yeah. sadness of the scene. I agree. Right? Because totally. the action and the the viscera and the horror is right up front, but yeah. that little extra layer makes it sit with you, right? Because I Absolutely. I can't tell you the amount of horror movies I've watched where it's this is a forbidden horror movie. It's so gory and violent and blah blah blah. And then you watch it and you're like, well, 
it's like essentially softcore porno characters. Yeah. I don't feel that bad when their ankles get sawed off. You know what I mean? Like, no, I don't either. It doesn't yeah, matter. No, but I, that moment of sitting there imagining having to make that choice myself right. with my own kids, that scene has always been burned into my mind. It's it's that I mean, I much think... extra scary. And then it just hits with that, <gasps> like the gothic rager. And you're just like, oh, my God. You know right away you're like, this is not the Evil Dead series that I grew up with. <laughs> you're, you're keyed in, man. I mean, like. Yeah, it's just such an important way to start this kind of movie because it, it, it what it does is it kind of like it this is going to sound really hokey, but it sort of dusts off the book jacket and was like, listen, wow, we're going to do this and it's not going to be Fraser the same crane thing. of you. I know I'm not super happy about it, but, you know, that's the way I'm going. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rhea Perlman's just shaking her head. I know. There is no dust on the skin of the human. I don't know Wait, why I did I, a Melania did I do it? Did I, yeah, that's not what Rhea Perlman sounds like. Fuck it, the Christmas. Fuck it, the Christmas and the kids. <laughs> what? Excellent. That's my Melania impression. That's Melania. <laughs> I don't uh, get it. These kids, they like the Christmas. Fuck it, the Christmas. That's what Melania sounds like. There you go. A little I like how Melania is just a little bit, Ita- <laughs> just a little bit Italian. Um, <laughs> I, I, my Melania impression is essentially the same impression from The Exorcist. Uh, from Demi's mom. Demi, why Demi, you do this to why me? Why you do this to me? That's how. That's my Melania impression too. Jokes out. Secrets out of the bag. <laughs> oh my god, getting a lot of impressions into this episode. I'm I'm really happy. Um, I don't remember what I was talking about, but either way, like it is like the most dusting off scene. the book. But little Fraser, little Fraser Crane. Um, look, I really do think the beginning of this though does a very nice job of informing you that this is not going to be just like pastiche or anything like that it's a movie all on its own wow. like just because even it's dropping fraser crane doesn't words mean it, good lord doesn't mean necessarily have to <laughs> doesn't mean necessarily has to follow the same tradition that it already did like it does all the things you need to do in an evil dead movie but it takes it a step further and gives everything this sort of somber tone and i really think that's the most important important part about watching this movie is if you understand immediately that the tone is not it's not even the original Evil Dead because the original Evil Dead is very different from the other two. But like it is its own style altogether, which is quite frankly, real horror, like true horror, yeah. not necessarily like just, oh, something crazy happened. So now we all have to like react to it. This is literally like we have to take this person in the woods to detox them from this horrible thing that's like yeah. just killing them. And not only that, we're also going to introduce, you know, the stuff that happened last time. Like, there's a lot yeah. of that kind of stuff that happens yeah. in this movie that, to me, makes it stand on its own almost. And might be not just a yeah. great remake, but, I mean, truly, like, just a great movie. Like, great horror right. in and of itself. If you're asking me of the four Evil Dead films, what one is more the style of movie I prefer to watch, it is the remake. Right. Right? And I love all the Evil Dead movies, but this one is just the way I like my horror movies a little more downtrodden at times you know that's just yeah. how i roll and that's it i don't understand people that just want to why, why would you want to watch someone just butcher say like are there people out there that are like man that gus van zant psycho nailed it you know <laughs> what i mean like why that's one of the biggest abominations in cinema history why does that exist right why not add right. anything of your own i'm fine with this man here's another interesting thing they added i thought this one was wild that the book was bound up 
Yes. Right. In the last one, it's like they're just drinking. They're a little drunk. Like, eh, maybe there's like, you know, a Jethro Toll album on these tapes. Hey, and they right. press play and then boom, infected, accidental happenstance. Right. This hipster that, guy has to. Now work we're getting to, to, get to the crux of my book. problem with this movie. <laughs> Fuck Eric. If, OK. Forever. So let's talk about the book, though. What did you think? So if I had a, an actual serious beef with the movie, it's I that. think the Necrocomicon in this one is my beef. Right. I love that Eric, by trying to avoid his estranged friend and the girl he claims he wants to save as she's going through the worst of it, is like, well, I better retire to the old the old room and uh, peel back this barbed wire and play with this demon book and do the, like, telephone number spy movie trick, right, to write the words. Right. Also, it's just one of those moments where I'm like, who reads words out loud to themselves in their own solitude? To be fair. Fine, whatever. To be fair, it's a movie, fine. It's no, strange, no, no. though, right? That's actually not what I was going to that. To be fair, I have been known on occasion to read out loud to myself. Like, if I'm writing, that's something I do. Wow. Just loving the sound of your own voice. You're your it's... own Fraser Crane. I'm listening. I'm, I'm listening. It's a writing technique. <laughs> what can I say? I'm very... I didn't know I'm, we were going to do so much Fraser for this one, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy it's always it. nice to get it. It's always nice when we're doing the pods and there's, like, a lot of Fraser in it, you know? Um, I think that... Yeah, so, like... First off, I love that it's like bound in barbed wire and clearly marked like don't read this. It's yeah. in like the porno store plastic bag too, which yeah. everyone knows you wait till like no one's home for those kinds of things. Needless the porno to say, barbed wire. <laughs> needless to what, were say, you renting at a bait store? <laughs> well, yeah, he, was, he, was, he bought this book at Bar Sinister apparently. Like <laughs> LA LA joke. <laughs> Hey, um, but needless to say, I don't understand anyone who just retired to the room and look, just being crass about it. What kind of single man retires to the room in a cabin and doesn't just like, you know, rock one out and then go to bed? I don't understand why he needs to read a murder book, but sure. Is whatever. this the finest atmosphere <laughs> to uh, lick it up? As Kiss would say, no, this is not a great, a great atmosphere. Well, for that also, kind of why movie. are you a single guy? Be like, man, hopefully she recovers in time for me to just like. Get down on that whap. Like that's literally why he's there. And then <laughs> I don't think that's why hipster Eric's there. I think it's so that he can tell everyone that they haven't been cool and original enough for very long. No, I, think he's, I think he's there to introduce everyone to the, to the point, old though, right? Eels records. Yeah, I like the idea of the book being a choice, right? Him yeah. pursuing the book. I do him like bringing that a lot. this on himself. I love that part of it, right? Yes. The part of the Necrocomicon that somewhat bothers me in this movie right is i hate that every time a horror scene happens he trots back to the book right and has to open it up and then he's like oh, there's a picture of this it's bad right. and it's like hey man you just smashed your lady's face in with a fucking toilet seat or the top of the toilet toilet yeah. topper you maybe you don't have to look in the book to go oh. <laughs> well i'd actually go a step further and here's actually my problem with that why is he not just reading ahead? You could get out in front of this guy. If you're going to be That's the dickhead true. who, if you're going to be the dickhead who reads the Necronomicon, at least <laughs> be the person who understands it properly. Don't just be the also, guy. Also, that is the most hipster Ooh. behavior ever. I want to be the first to know and say that you weren't a fan when it was, wasn't popular. Exactly. You weren't there. <laughs> you weren't there when the Necronomicon was cool. I was. Yeah. yeah. It, it just, it felt like a little too much, right? I'm like, yes. I don't need you to say that there has to be a lady that cuts her face off. There has to be a lady who boils. Because then you're like, that opening scene, you're like, 
this was just a girl who like killed her mom but now wait who did she carve up and blah 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 it makes you ask uh, i mean you do see that kid at the start who has some kind of deformity of the face you're like maybe he got attacked but neither here nor it just felt a little like why do we need this device right Right. you spoke the fucking word i even liked when it said don't read it don't hear it i don't do too. say it. i think it's great right that's a cool like he broke the pandora's because again, box it is a great way to set up to the choice it's a choice but then it also it also does these silly things where it's like he needs five souls before he can then summon that it's just all these extra things that i didn't need right because right? well, at the end of the movie i'm like who are the five souls right. is it the well, girl from the start because mia comes back is she an empty husk person at the empty, end is that what empty they're vessel you? I'm not sure. I mean, like that's was to Grandpa me the one of the that, souls. I don't know. That was the thing that I liked about it. To be honest with you, is that really? they did okay. add to this. The what I liked, and again, when we talked about Evil Dead, I love that you don't, you can't see it. You can't see what's happening to you. You can't see yeah. what's coming. You can't see what isn't there. It's it's an ethereal thing. This evil that hunts us. I think the thing that I liked the most about this is that it didn't do that again. Cause like you could do that again. And it's, I honestly, you could perceive it as not nearly as interesting or scary. I think by taking another directions, like making the book, I, I agree. Like, I think the framing, like basically it basically, I said basically twice. I'm sorry. It essentially <laughs> chapter, very the, Niles crane of you. <laughs> it is. It essentially chaptered the movie. Like, Every time something happened, he went to the book. I'm like, got it. Cool. That's the end of that chapter. Moving on to the next one. Can you just flip the page first before we have to see the next thing so we all know what to expect? Like, right. There's also that. To me, though, when they do that, right, every time he runs back to the book, it kind of pulls me out. Right. That is the best thing about the Evil Dead 1 and 2 is it's just Ash just fucking sitting in it, right? And Evil Dead right. 2 has some... Some, you know, departures to go get the, uh, you know, redneck and his girlfriend and the, the kids sure. or whatever. But for the most part, the the great scenes in Evil Dead 2 are just Ash sitting in it. And like I said, they, like as we were talking about in the Evil Dead 2 episode, that the chair, even the chair has to break, right? It's nonstop chaos. Every time he right. runs back to that book, it feels like it's just taking us out of here. And in a, doing that, and then I'm I'm assuming for some people in the audience, right, I'm one of these people... There are certain horror movies that the more you go in on the gore, that has a really short time limit for me, right? Yeah. The more you're diving into it, it, it becomes uninteresting to me really fast, right? Because I'm one of those, if you're going to cut your arm off with Chekhov's, you know, ham slicing knife, right? Electric knife. I don't need to see that for more than a second, right? Like, the as soon as it touches the arm... You can right. cut away to a blood splattered face and her screaming in agony. All right, two seconds. I've gotten as much impact as I will watching her like, rear, rear, rear. <laughs> like so that's just right, right. and I think they do a pretty good job of walking that line, but sometimes the the ultra violence it, it pulls me out again. So this movie does have moments where because as an audience member, I feel like I'm already trying to push myself out of this horrifying cabin, right? <laughs> just this dark, <laughs> depressing right. world. And it, the book and some of the ultraviolence gives me a couple more moments to just be like, you know, uh, to push away a little more than I feel like we did in the original. So, again, I think those are small umbrages. But, you know, I, I've heard a lot of this kind of stuff when telling people we were covering this movie. But, right. again, it is that 
although I don't like any of these people, I do feel emotionally bonded to them. So I think it's a it's a pretty fine tightrope they walked. Um, what'd you make of the tree this time? A wildly different version of the tree. Whew, my goodness. That was vapors. Uh, it was not okay. I'll say that. That actually might yeah. be the part of the movie that I and look, I've I watched a woman saw her own arm off, a woman saw through her face, a woman sitting scalding hot water with her face bubbling, a uh, guy gets stabbed in the chest. Like I, I saw a lot of fucked up shit in this movie. I didn't <laughs> think based on the original one you could I mean, I figured I'm like, well, we'll get that again because that was pretty fucked up in the first one anyways. Three but out it was of four. In, Three but it was four. fucked up in that, like, 80s way that is, like, fucked up, but, you know, it's like, it's the 80s. Like, you love the practical effects and this kind of kitsch at this point. This was, I don't know, a little me too. I I was like, geez, that tree is going to just, like, get chopped down. I'll tell Not you, okay. the shot is when the, because... The weird addition to the tree scene in this movie is Mia sees essentially a ghost of herself or a demon of herself, which is outside of her body, which is an interesting question you have to ask, right? Right. So this evil's existing as Mia outside of Mia. Although I guess you would say the scene when it like rushes in, right? We get the Raimi like rush in shot right. and she pukes. That's probably when she's first bonded. So now this demon is projecting itself out to Mia while it's inside of her, like a John Malkovich setup, right? Right, right. So Mia sees herself. She throws up the vine that then penetrates herself. And the shot, because it slithers up like a creature, when the little tail, right, like the last piece of spaghetti, is, like, gone. And it, you just see Mia do that. <gasps> There's a gasp, and then that, like, horrendous scream, and the demon's mouth opens. Yeah. It's fucking insanity. It's pretty gnarly, right? it's, man. It's Just so horrible, it but there was something about this one felt like it was saying that this one felt a little less violating to me than the original because she sees an image of herself partaking. So to me, it plays a little more that one to me plays a little more drug symbolism, right? Than the original that that is maybe how she sees herself, her sure. like her addict self. Yeah. Right. And that maybe the tree is what she's been putting right. into her. Body. I mean, I think there's maybe that's that... just me trying to like desperately escape the horrors of that scene. And I'm <laughs> making mean, like, that up. But yeah, it is just like so much more vicious, even than I expected, to be honest with you. It's um, it's pretty brutal, but <laughs> I don't disagree with that notion, though. And here's why, yeah. because I think that that is like kind of our last bastion with Mia of thinking like because after because before that like we're wondering like is this all just part of this this is the thing that i think fetty alvarez understood about making it a story about addiction too which is that this all could just be chalked up to someone's horror like i mean we all saw train spotting getting off heroin is horrible like that was yeah not a fun thing to watch uh but at the same time when she ends up being so when she ends up be, like, it's just not, um, it's brutal. It's brutal, but like you want to believe it and you want to think maybe she's just having one of those, maybe she's just having an episode. And then obviously it tells us pretty definitively right. she's not, and she's actually possessed, but there's I mean, a like, pretty I like, subtle the, moment I like the bait and switch, that. A, switch a little bit. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a subtle moment right before that too, when they first like they realize that it's flooded, right? Right. Or no, fuck. That's after, right? Because she comes back. No, no, to yeah, the... that's after because they're trying to get out because she like tries to. But that's after yeah. she, like, she tries to burn her. Face. So that is our last our last kind of stand with Mia, until the end, obviously. But there's a shot after that because that's when she starts foaming at the mouth. She can't have any more tranquilizers. She burned herself, right? Right. When he drives her and he gets out and sees the high flood water, he turns around and she's foaming at the mouth, right? Um, which has to be horrifying, right? My sister could be dying in the front seat. And it's so fucking subtle and so faint. But as the camera kind of lingers and is like a slow push in on her, right? Uh, just the fucking faintest of smiles begins to crest on her lips. And that is one of the most unsettling shots in this movie Full of unsettling shots. But yeah, so he turns around from the high flood water and just through that fucking Cujo foam. Oh, the smallest fucking beginning of a smile. It's horrifying. And that to me was when you're like, okay, now we're done with. We've set up all the fucking uh, pigs for slaughter. Now it's time to go ham. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's when the movie really breaks insanely wild to me. Another yeah. thing they added. Um, I don't know if you thought it worked as well as I did. The actual possessions in this film are so much more intense to me, right? Um, the the friend, right? The the nurse who's been helping her out. Her possession mm-hmm. scene is again one of the it, in a movie that's full of like bombastically horrifying image. It's really right. small, but it was really scary, right? She's just walking, and it's almost like she hits a wall. And she's frozen and she's shaking and she pisses herself. And then we see her drawn to all the way, you know, she's doing like a a Heath Ledger Joker face on herself. And it is horrifying, right? That image when she turns around and she's like, and then she starts having the hipster. You're like, well, now it's not scary anymore. Now it's wish fulfillment. So, you know, okay. But that scene of her stuck and she's so fucking scared. And she cannot move by this invisible force and she wets herself is such fucking great imagery because the original Evil Dead played a lot on this Linda back of the head. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Whips around. Right. And it's awesome. It is awesome. I'm not trying to ever take a shot at Evil Dead. No. But I'm saying watching this invasion in a more intimate way is a fun. And again, that's what the word I keep coming back to is it feels like this is just a blood soaked classic trashy gore fest right but there are so many small intimate moments that really add a lot to this film yeah and those are the ones that stick out in my head right because i feel like the the other imagery i'm trying to forget very often (laughs) but it has really good moments that that just remind you why the evil dead was scary because at this point we hadn't i mean even evil dead 2 as much as i love it it's at this point, it's more of like, God, look at how fucking cool this movie is. And you love it. But this one really is unsettling in a way we hadn't seen in a, quite a while. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably the most relevant thing about this movie altogether is that the things that are scary about this movie, like, yes, I have an issue with gore sometimes. And I don't necessarily seek out movies that show me gross things. But that's usually not the scary part. That's the things I remember. Those are the things that like stick in my brain about movies. That is rarely the thing that scares me though. Things that scare me about movies are exactly what you're talking about. Like, I don't think there's 
for my money, many scarier moments in a movie than Mia's possessed self peeking out under the floor going, like that. I can tell you right now, the night that I watched the movie and I went to bed, I ran up the stairs. Absolutely no reason to do that. I know exactly what's in my house. (laughs) And I still felt the chill. I saw the face in my head. Like, that's the shit that is scary as hell. And that's the shit that makes this kind of movie that much more fascinating and wonderful to watch. Because that's what you always want. Like, that's what we ask for from these kinds of movies. If I'm going to sit there and watch a 92-minute gore fest, which is fine. I'll do it. We watch Taxidermia. If I can do that, I can literally watch any movie as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but, like, if I'm going to sit through a 92-minute gore fest and the thing I take away the most is I have to run up the stairs because I thought of some creepy possessed girl trapped under the floorboards, that's a movie that did its job as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it's – I appreciate how hard this movie goes, but there's the sequence, right, with the nail gun. Oh, yeah. And she smashes that guy's hand in half. Mm-hmm. It's fun, but for me that, you know, now that I've seen it so many times, like that's almost like a, I probably don't need to see that image again, right? Like I'm not as interested in that <laughs> right, moment. Right, right. But then we get back to him, baby, little babe. Oh. When she's singing the song and her brother, who is just like, I'll do what I got to do, realizes he can't. Yeah. Right? Mm-mm. And then him dying, right? They could have escaped and he gets killed by the hipster who, you know, now gets his re- to return the 8,000 wounds he's gotten, right? Yeah. Stabbing eyeballs, that always is uncomfortable for me. But that's just one thing, right? I love, like, so he sacrifices himself for Mia, right? Earned, not earned, you know, not interesting to me. I enjoy that (laughs) moment. I think it's earned, right? Right. I can see how you say it's not. When she goes outside and finds the the looking glass, uh, right? Mm -hmm. The looking glass necklace. Her brother took the time and re-put that together for her. Right. Because she had destroyed it in front of him when she wouldn't, he wouldn't help her escape. Those little touches to me really mean a lot, right? Yes. Um, if I did have another thing, I could have absolutely one thousand percent. Although it did lead to one of my favorite moments, I could have done without the MacGyvering. It's like I get this guy can like cut down dead animals and nail boards to a house. This is a pretty. I mean, this is come on. This is in a movie of wild insanity. This is a moment where I just said, "Pretty dumb." You know what's interesting? Not it's a fan. the one thing where I, because I was like, "Oh, this is our, this is our Ash moment." Cool. Yeah. And honestly, like it was the moment where I was like, "And eh, I give you one." Like that's honestly the way I thought about it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, I mean, you can get one." It's not like it derailed because it leads oh, to one of the coolest scenes. Yeah. Which is her, you know, in the bag. Yeah. And she's like, I know mother hates you. She's in hell. You know, she fucking despises Which you. Which is horrifying. In those moments that of breaking him down. also just terrifying. Beautiful scene. And to me, it kind of plays very similar to Evil Dead 1 where they did the, the eyeball scene, right? Mm-hmm. It's just really cool that every time he brings a shovel over, she's just going in on him, right? Mia's being raped in hell. It's great. Just like these horrifying things. As he's burying her and thinks maybe he'll save her, I just feel like we could have gotten to a better version than him MacGyvering two syringes together. (laughs) But again, it's not like a big beef I have. Like that scene, her talking to him about mother and how much mother hates him, 
very worth it for that moment. I think if you're going to give one, it's that one so that you can get that moment. Because that moment, along with her under the floorboards, is the scariest shit I saw in the movie. Like, that is, like, the kind of conversation is... That kind of conversation is, like, that's always the thing that hits me in the original ones. And this is the thing that Fetty Alvarez does so well in this movie, is the callbacks to the originals are not, like... Oh, how about that talking deer head on the on the on the wall? Like, let's make that thing laugh at everyone. It's that kind of shit, which is like the horrible things you say to someone when you're the evil dead. The evil dead, of course, yeah. are going to taunt you with your worst, the worst things you could think of. Like, that is the callback I'm looking for. Like, that's an yeah. understanding of the kind of movie you're making and the kind of movie you're coming from. That just yeah. goes so far beyond anything else that you've seen as far as remakes go. Like that's understanding where you came from and understanding what you're trying to do. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's uh, an insidious trick he plays on us, the audience, right? Which is we are going to give you characters you can actually somewhat emotionally bond to. So that's totally. a different vibe. I was And then so... we're going to fool you with all this ultra violence, right? I was upset and... for Mia the entire movie. Whole yeah. movie. Yeah. And so that's the crazy part is he's giving us this lifeline like you're going to care about these characters and you think it's just to make it more effective as they're being physically hurt. But what it really does is it allows them to weaponize the the demonic taunts, right? Because in the other one's just, dead my dog, dead my dog, dead. You know, it's right. like, that's cool. Like Jimmy Buffett's evil parrot. Like that works <laughs> for me. It's fine. This one, though, the things they are saying are so extra cutting yes because of that personal bond so the thing he gave us like hey here's something like real humans latch on to this it's weaponized emotionally even more than physically right and it is brutality so what did you make up i still don't know why he changed her clothes to give her the fucking (laughs) uh red dress that was weird i'm like so her brother's just like i'm gonna kill you and save you but first i gotta you know Get you dressed up proper like a Tim Burton character. I legitimately did not think about that until just now. That is really fucking weird, actually. That's weird, right? Like, I know she probably, like, had made some mess on herself. But it's like, it's not a real funeral there, sir. Like, come on. Um, What did you make of the ending with the abomination? I'll be honest. That part was a little, like, that lost me a little bit. I liked the movie a yeah. lot until that point, And that was the one that I kind of couldn't give simply because I mean, it's like I talk about, I love the evil dead because it's a thing you can't see. Like to me, the creature feature of it doesn't really work for me, to be honest with you. I think mm-hmm. there's a real, there's a real piece missing when that thing comes out. Like I get it. I understand it's plot significance i understand the story and like you can also explain it and say that this is not necessarily mia's it's not necessarily the abomination maybe it's mia's heroin addiction maybe it's her recovery it could be anything there's a lot of steeped metaphor you could look at it but for me personally not a huge fan of the creature thing that does not work for me when a movie like this has taken us so far and gone so hard in multiple directions, but ultimately maintains a lot of really emotional, really emotional intent, real, real emotional intensity simply because it earned it so well to end like that doesn't necessarily feel true to me. But again, I didn't make the movie. Yeah. I get you on that. I thought it was pretty cool. I love the image. It kind of reminds me of the end of the Suspiria remake 
I mean, that is so much more. It's like an orgasmic release, right? At that point of that film, it is just this <laughs> bombastic array of colors and nightmare fuel. Oh my god! And that one feels more earned, right? Because the whole movie's been waiting. Right. For the that whole movie's moment. been weird. In, the whole movie Suspiria is weird, anyways. So, like, for it to end like that, I remember in the yeah. theater, I was with a couple of people, and we were like. I mean, why not? You know, let's just do this. <laughs> For me, it was just like, fucking finally, yeah! <laughs> and this, this one was cool because, to me, there was a bit of, I liked the raining blood. I thought that was a really cool set piece they did. To me, it's like where it loses me is like, let's crawl through Grandpa's tunnel. Let's uh, <laughs> get stabbed by a machete in the knee. I'm like, it's a fucking abomination. Why is it even picking yeah, up a also machete? Also kind of weird, given that the powers the evil dead have throughout the movie are literally to just enter you at any time. And we're worried about the physical manifestation. Right. Of a and so yeah. there, there are some weird moments watching her pull her own arm off. Um, awful, awful to sit through mm. gut churning. Right. Yeah. But I will say it's a nice little callback to Ash, the chainsaw stump. Sure. And I think there is a version of this movie where it has a, a moment, right? Whereas Suspiria is this wildly amazing witchcraft ending. This has a moment of it when she chainsaws the fuck out of that thing. It almost feels like the movie saying, we know. We know this was a brutal. This is a, an exercise in brutality against the audience. Right. Right. There haven't been a lot of, you know, levity and moments to, like, catch your breath. Right. Right. This is the moment where it just says, we are just going to fucking go for it and have a wildly good fun for, you know, the 10, 20 seconds of that chainsaw. <laughs> the fucking blood's flying everywhere. It is a really fun. Oh, right. Yeah. It's kind of a there big is a really moment. big release. And sure. I mean, I'll say this. Yes. In a movie that has no levity at all for the levity at the end of the movie to be like, we're going to brutalize for 20 seconds this thing and just chainsaw the shit out of it. That yeah. to me might be the funniest thing about the movie is that they're like, that's sorry. This is the. This is literally the lightest we could get is chainsawing. Yeah, right. Th <laughs> was it that hilarious? It's like, I am reporting you. Why <laughs> right? well, about crack up at parties? Nope. Don't stay on your side of the road. Don't come over. <laughs> no, <laughs> but this, I mean, I think that moment too, though, while really fun, it kind of takes the piss out of her defeating her heroin addiction symbolism. They may have been going for. Yeah. Cause it's also like, mm, all right. All right. It's fun. It's fine. You know, and then we get the, uh, we rush back in on the book at the end. It lets us know this all could have been theater of the mind. Right. So to me, the ending is just like, a, we know, guys, let's have some fun with this now. Yeah. Like, we we put you through a tremendous amount. So I like, I'm with you. The crawling through the tunnel and the grabbing the machete and all that. I was like, I, that doesn't, I will say this. For the monster to be the five soul eating abomination, right? Raining blood from the heavens. It felt a bit it felt a bit petite for me. It felt like it we could have had like when that lady came out, she could have been more grandiose. She could have had more power. Maybe that's what they're going for. Right. Is that the evil dead is always cause I, again. I'm with you. Right. The cool thing about evil dead is that it's there is an intimacy to the evil because it's inhabiting your people. Right. The first tree right. scene. It's just the environment. Right. Like that. The ambiguity of it has always been the thing. And it was kind of fun, fun to give it form. I just feel like the form. She could have been gnarlier. I think so, too. She could have I been gnarlier. I mean, there were pretty gnarly illustrations in that book. You're telling me that was the best we could come up with? I mean. Well, I was like, every Evil Dead person 
was way more horrifying than I the agree. abomination. I totally agree. Yeah. I like I, I was like, what kind of spa is she going to down there in hell to have that <laughs> perfect skin? Yeah, I think that's the thing is like <laughs> Yeah, it's like compared to like Oh, I see that uh, the abomination went to what Burke Williams? That's the spa place, Burke Williams, right before, <laughs> right before the show. Man, shot, those right pores is wide up. open. The heat is good for you. No, yeah, I was like, even evil Ash and Army of Darkness look gnarlier. Than <laughs> but it was—I don't know. I thought it was a fun, cool ending because that's the thing. If you end that where Mia is, I feel like maybe it's just one of those movie things where it's like this is like a sixty-minute movie. <laughs> And I hate doing that to movies. I like to try to look at them as, like, the art they are. But it's like, you know, I think once her brother ignites himself, for all intents and purposes, this story is over. It's kind of over. Yeah. And now it's just like, did they give me enough fun shit to occupy the rest of my 15 minutes? And I would would say, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I would argue, yeah. Look, to me, to get you out of the movie and the way you went in. So... That's really all you can ask for. You get an emulation and you get a bunch of murder. Yeah, wrap it up for me, man. How do you how do you how will you remember this movie compared to the originals? What say a farewell to the Evil Dead, dude. It's over. Horror movie month is over. I know. Over. I mean, I could say a, I mean, for as far as like as far as that goes, I'm not really sure there's a comparison. Like they're just two distinctly different kinds of movies. Like one is one's a One's a low-budget movie that's trying to kick off someone's career that has a lot of heart in it and has a lot of what it's trying to say, which is, like, look at all that we can do with absolutely no money and also, like, yeah. how scary are things are evil things you can't see. Cool. I think that this version of The Evil Dead is scarier in a lot of ways because we actually care about these people. You don't care yeah. about a single fucking person in the original Evil Dead. You care that like yeah. crazy shit's happening. And not like, it's not that we like these characters, it's that we can empathize with yeah. them. Yeah, and I don't empathize with the, yeah. any of them because look, Ash gave a great toast even though it was really dumb, but at the same time, I don't necessarily empathize with Ash in the very first yeah. movie. I well, when you cut to his buddy just going, now party down, yeah. you're like, yeah, you can put whatever you want in that guy. Yeah, who cares? I'm over but, it. But, <laughs> like, Mia is going through something. I feel for everyone in that house who has to deal with Eric, the book the book reader, who keeps going back to the book and not reading ahead, which still just pisses me off beyond comprehension. Yeah. But He just emerges from the shadows to throw some, like, remember when we were 12? And then as far as the month of <laughs> horror, I just... I'm so proud we did this. Like, we did it, man. Yeah. I want It was a lot, man. I don't know that we can impress upon the listeners exactly how much work this was. I'll tell you, we started in June. We started in June. And we still barely made it. <laughs> we started in June and we're recording the last one the last month of October. I think we're. Yeah, we, the we, very we, end. We already decided um, we're starting in March this year. Next I'm year. I'm just saying, man. So we started the month with Scream. Mm-hmm. Awesome fucking Neo series, right? Scream came out right when Horror was having a bit of a stumble and really. Just kind of gave us that thing we needed to remember why we loved horror. We went back and did the OG, man. Halloween, just what an awesome imaginative series that, you know, while it constantly is reinventing itself, it always finds a way to add some new fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Then we did Candyman, you know, just a great, somewhat forgotten series, right? Probably because the sequels. But But even though sequels have some fun, fun moments. I'm still excited for that new one, man. I I mean, I think Evil Dead is the best horror movie series ever. I think I was thinking, I'm like, what are like the most consistently good horror movie series? 
Evil Dead has got to be number one. Every single one of them is a great movie. Every single one of them is a great movie in its own right. I think that's the most important thing about the Evil Dead series, that no Evil Dead movie depends on the other one to be good. And I think that has mainly, that has a lot to do with the fact that like, like in the original series, the sequel and Army of Darkness tell you pretty much everything you need to know leading up to the movie so that you don't have to, like, mm-hmm. you can go back and watch, but you don't have to, the notes you need to take are not a lot. It's, yeah. I would agree with you. And then this new one is, sits in its own category, I think. Since it, yeah. it sits I mean, in this its own is universe. The kind, it's, it's weird because Evil Dead remake is the kind of horror film I hope every horror film is when I show up to watch it. Right. Like that that tone and style and intensity is what I love about horror. And I love that they made that version. I love that they were brave enough to do their own thing cuz you're never going to do better what Ramey and Campbell did. No. You're not going to do that better, right? If Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg did it, it wouldn't be better, right? They just they knew exactly how to craft that formula. That was it? And so they went and made their own movie that they're like, we'll just make it different, but still pay homage. They weaponized personal bonds. And it's just it's just full of imagery you'll never be able to shake out of your head. And it, it just it hits like a fucking hammer, man. I agree. I think I think it's a very fitting way to end our our horror movie mega marathon. Month. Agreed. I want to thank Rob Parr from The Deer Hunter, Ashley Ford. Um, who came and got us to watch Insidious. Finally, I get to see the first one rather than the stupid fucking sequels that I've been dragged to over and over again. Uh, Molly. Um, Molly who, Henry. Molly do, did Molly Henry do two? Or did she just do Phantom of the Paradise? Phantom of the Paradise, yeah. Which was awesome, by the way. I'm so sad I missed that one. Um, yeah, it's a really good... <laughs> uh, our friend Carmelita, who always... I, I'm so sad I haven't done a show with her yet. I keep having to like, miss She's the really shows. good. That's right. Josh Lobo Josh came Lobo on to do came Possessor. On to Possessor. Ivo Trees Littles uh, from Horror Movies and Beyond. Mm-hmm. Just Dolls is such a great movie. I love that one. We had, uh, let's see, we had Alice Collins. Alice Collins, yeah. Right? She's she's a prolific writer. She came on and did uh, Silent Hill, one of our more popular guest host ones. And uh, we also had Adrian Clark, who was nice enough to come on and talk Scarecrows. Every single one of them that helped us out this yes. month. Thank you so much. And not only that, they were all fucking outstanding. Oh, wonderful guests. pods. Like, thank you so much for coming on and giving us the time. So, yeah. This I was mean, my favorite month we've ever had on the show. I'm excited we did it. I'm already planning next year. It's going to be great. And more guests, <laughs> more fun. Um, thank you guys for listening. Like, this is like this has been our best month of the show since we started it. So, Evil Dead's and not just because we did 31 shows in 31 days, but because you guys listened to them all. So, thank you. That's right. We will find a way down the way to thank you properly for it. But for now, we that's just right. Humbly thank you. We're going to thank you next month when we bring the beef. Uh, first week, Demolition Man. You're welcome. Please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially Apple Podcast app. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. You can find us on all your socials and email us filmalchemistpod at gmail.com that's it man i need a break from talking so much and having sweet takes <laughs> Bye.